This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello and welcome to the Everything is Black and White podcast. It's time for the insight from the opposition. I'm joined by Robert Warlow from Hampshire Live covers Southampton. It's been an interesting week for Southampton. Of course, Ralph Hazelhouten nominated alongside Eddie Howe for Manager of the Month for February. And it seems uh, the Manager of the Month, Chris, tends to come with winning the award, hit Southampton a little bit early, um, if indeed he does manage manage to beat Eddie Howe to that award. We hope not from a Newcastle point of view. But (laughs) Southampton beaten 4-0 by Aston Villa. Given their great run of form, can you just give our listeners a bit of insight into what went so wrong against Villa? Yeah, um, everything really. <laughs> it was one of those really bad days at the office um, across the pitch, sort of from from one to eleven. You know, there, there wasn't a good performer amongst them really. Um, I'm afraid Fraser forced to many if you could save it to keep the score down a little bit, but yeah, it was it was just a poor day really. Um, I think everything that you know, it, it wasn't a case of you know they, they lost a man or sent off or anything like that, which is previously been the case when they've had big defeats but this was just you know the, the tone was set early on they conceded an early goal and yeah Villa got on top you know home support behind them they were looking to turn things around at Villa Park hadn't had a good run at home and then yeah Southampton just were easy fodder for them in the end really to, to turn that home form around and get a win because I, I think I don't know if it was complacency but you know it was perhaps a bit of a wake-up call that they'd had this good run they've been playing really well recently and you know, you get these sort of games, don't you, where it comes out of nothing and, you know, they're, they're just, it was just a, a bad day across the pitch, really. They, no, no one performed. So, yeah, that's what the result was, 4-0. But looking at the, the stats of that game, you know, Southampton had a lot of possession. The If you look at the, the actual numbers, they passed Aston Villa um, off the park in terms of passes completed and what have you. Obviously, the result tells a different picture. Um, does that give a little bit of an insight into how they might approach the game against Newcastle? Are they confident with the ball? I mean, they've definitely got more um, more confident on the ball and braver on the ball this season. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, you know, Saturday side, it, it, it didn't work for them, but they, you know, Aston Villa sort of just picked them off, really. Um, they were very poor defensively. They, they made a, a change in defence because Mohamed Salisi wasn't, wasn't available at the weekend and he was big miss, you know. Ralph Hassan said that himself that you know they, they really missed him. He's been an important player for this season. He's missed two Premier League games, and when they when he's not been there, they've lost three 0 at Arsenal, four 0 at Villa. So you know he was he was a big miss, and it it, it just they they, did, they looked disjointed in defence really. Um, and yes, they had a lot of possession at Villa, but they didn't do much with it. You know they were they didn't carve out clear cut opportunities. I can really only remember Che Adams having one in the second half, um, which was saved by Amy Martinez, but. Yeah, they didn't really threaten. Um, whereas, you know, Villa used the possession they had wisely and picked them off, you know, created chances. And like I said, it could have been more than four if, if it hadn't been for a few safes from Fraser Forster. Uh, Ralph Hazelton spoke after the Villa game and he said about getting the basics right. Mm-hmm. What kind of reaction are you expecting from Southampton? Yeah, I think there will be one. I think they've been very good at home this season. Um, I think, you know, they've got Newcastle and they've got Watford on Sunday as well. So, 
definitely Hasnut was looking for a reaction in these two games. Um, I think you know he's expecting a similar sort of game to, to Newcastle. He, he spoke this morning in his press conference to say that um, you know he expects a sort of aggressive opponent, um, someone who'll be in their faces. You know, won't let Southampton sort of dwell on the ball, which yeah is what you'd expect. And, and you know Newcastle obviously been in good form, so I, I think he's expecting a tough test. Um, Saints have just got to be ready for that and definitely show a reaction because you know a performance like that on Saturday. You've, you've got to respond to that because it, you know, you can't have too many of those that linger on and, and sort of let it fester. In terms of injuries, there you mentioned they were missing one man in in, in defence. What, what's the latest in terms of the players who might retain or, or will still be missing? Yeah, he said that um, Salisu. They're going to have to make a call on. Um, he's been back in training this week, so that's positive for them. Um, whether he's fit enough to, to play on Thursday night, we'll see. Um, I, I think if he is, then if he's fit, he'll he'll play. Um, because you know he's been so important to them. If um, if he's not, yeah, it, it, then it's can probably gonna be the same again as what they did on uh, on Saturday at Villa Park, which you know Jack Stevens and Jan Bednarek were the, the partnership in defence. And yeah, like I said, they looked disjointed. They didn't, you know, they've played a lot together before, but they haven't played together for a while, and it showed. Ralph Halls made some interesting comments back in January regarding Newcastle's transfer business. Obviously, this is the game that was postponed due to COVID reasons, and it's it's finally been rearranged for for this week. Um, he was asked about that in his press conference. What was his his reaction? I mean, I'll just refresh people's memories in case you've been living under a rock from Newcastle point of view. Halls uh, basically said he didn't think it, it would be fair uh, to play Newcastle with the potential of new arrivals coming into the squad, which, of course, Newcastle did sign in Dan Byrne, uh, Kieran Trippier will be missing, but Chris Wood, Bruno Gomeresh and, and Matt Target. Uh, uh, so what what was Ralph Halsuton's reply when he was asked about those comments today? Um, yeah, I, I don't think they necessarily changed in terms of his stance. You know, he, he said that it is what it is. I don't think he ever really expected a change to be brought in, that new signs couldn't play. Um, I think a lot more was made of it than probably what it, what it was at the time, to be fair. I think he was asked a question and like he usually does, he gave an answer, you know, he gave an honest answer. And he said, you know, back in, must caveat it, when he said it back in January, he said, you know, it, it applies if, if Southampton were to sign players, which obviously they didn't, he transpired in the January transfer window. But I think his point was more general that, you know, if teams can play their new signings when the game is rearranged, I think, you know, it was just the fact that there was a spate of, of postponements at the time and he was well, sort of made, raising the point, which, you know, a few managers agreed with that there would be the potential for, for teams to, you know, strengthen and, and it would be a different story when they met, whenever the, the game was rescheduled. So, uh, you know, he said that Southampton are in a lot better position than what they were when the game would have originally been played. So, you know, I, I don't think he's necessarily too bothered about that now. I think, it, you know, he, he never expected, well, Personally, I didn't expect anything to change anyway with, with you no know, new signs not being allowed. But I, I could understand his point at the time, certainly. I mean, it's clear that the signs that will play on, on Thursday have made a, a big impact. Dan Byrne, uh, hopefully from Newcastle's point of view, Chris Wood, Manchester get his first goal. And there might even be a star for Bruno Gomeresh, the Brazilian national who's yet to start a game for Newcastle after his big money move in January. And that's partly because of the brilliant form of the likes of Joe Linson, Joe Willick and John Joe Shelby. And I'm just wondering how much uh, yourself you've seen of Joe Linton, who's had this transformation under Eddie Howe. He's showing a lot of aggression, strength. He's he's running, you know, he's running games, uh, or he's ran a lot of games 
um, over the last few weeks. He's won the, the Player of the Month um, voted by Newcastle United fans and he's just a totally different player and he's a really key player now for Newcastle United. How will Southampton cope with someone like that in the middle of the park? I mean, Southampton have been very good mid- in midfield this season. Oriol Romeo and James Ward-Prowse have been, you know, a, a consistent partnership together. They both had a bad day on Saturday, like the rest of them, but they have generally this season been very good together. And you know, Oriol Romeo is, is, I think he's underrated in what he offers the team. You know, he's he's very good at breaking up the play, but he's also very good on the ball and, and you know, taking Saints forward from from a defensive midfield position. Um, James Ward-Prowse, you know, everybody knows about the ability he's got. He's always talked about with set pieces, but his energy, you know, his, his tireless running in, in the middle of the park, he's always top of the stats. You know, when you look at distance covered and things like that and, you know, minutes that he plays, I mean, he, he never seems to be injured. And, you know, he's he is integral to the Southampton team. So I think in the midfield, you know, the, the, the way that Hassan Hurtle lines them up, it's those two in the centre and then you've got, Normally, Stuart Armstrong and Mohamed El Yunusi as the two kind of attacking number tens, as he calls them, the number ten roles, and then War Prowse and, and Romeo are sort of the number sixes, as he calls them, in, in the centre. I think you know that they, they've they have dominated a lot of games in midfield this season, so they'll be wary, obviously, of, of the threat that, that Newcastle pose with you know Joe Linton, like you said, how, how well he's doing in midfield. But I don't think they'll, they'll be phased by that. I think you know that they they'll be much. Well, they'll, they'll certainly be willing to put on a much better show than they did on Saturday. And of course, Anson Maxman's the other name on the lips of Newcastle United fans. Uh, Eddie Howe said in his press conference that he wasn't 100% fit, so it's certainly going to be interesting to see if he does feature or does start against Southampton, especially with Southampton, the uh, Chelsea game coming up on Sunday. You, you've already mentioned Chi Adams. I'm a big fan of him. I think he's a he's a he's a proper proper striker. You know, he, he certainly knows where the goal is. I mean, how big of a threat is he for Southampton? Yeah, he's been very good this season. I mean, he he's been you know first season in the Premier League. He, he did struggle for goals, but I think the the certainly Hassan Hurtle and his teammates appreciated what he offered the team without the goals. And I think we've seen a similar story with Adam Armstrong this season, to be fair. He's not getting the goals, but, you know, when, when his work rate, his energy, his, his pressing is very good. I mean, Che Adams has, has become a more balanced all-round player, really, in the, the time he's been at Southampton. And he's adding more goals to his game. He's been a, he's been accused in the past of being a bit streaky. I mean, Ralph Arsenal was used to catch up bottle effect with him. And, you know, you, you tip him out and a lot comes out at one go. And that, that seems to be how he has been. It's just been very streaky in his time at Southampton. And he, he went through a run recently, of course, scoring a lot of goals. He was up for the player of the month for, for February. Um, but he's, he's also getting a good partnership going with Armando Brogia. And, uh, I mean, he's been very good this season. He's he's a real threat, a real handful of for the defences because... He's, you know, pace, power, athleticism. He's, he's really is, um, you know, I know he's only on loan at the moment. Saints would love to keep him, but I think it's probably, you know, even in the, the sort of most most wishful think, thinking fans, I think they're probably resigned to the fact that it might not happen uh, permanently. But, you know, enjoying while he's there, he's, he's doing really well this season. Yeah, he's been great to watch as well. In terms of the way the Saints play now, Newcastle tend to like to draw teams in and, and hit them on the counter with you know, with a fast pace, they've got Ryan Fraser on one wing, uh, St. Maxman potentially on the other, Joe Willick bursting forward. How will Southampton approach the game? Do you think, how, how will they handle that approach from Newcastle? Yeah, I think that they've got to handle it better than they did Saturday because, I mean, Ralph said that he expects a similar sort of style to, to Aston Villa in terms of in your face and, like you say, sort of counter-pressing, 
um, trying to break on on them. I mean, Southampton have been very good at that themselves in you know previously in during Hassan Hurdle's time in charge, um, particularly in away games. But this year they've they've been better at home as well, which you know that's been a bugbear of Southampton fans in the past is the home form. But this season, coming into this game, they've only lost once in the Premier League at home, and they've been getting better at actually you know braver on the ball dominant in possession and actually taking te- taking teams on you know whereas in the past they've perhaps been yeah, maybe pigeonholders you know good team on the counter um you know break winning the ball up high on the, with a high press and then breaking on teams but actually this season they've been better you know building from the back going forward and you know building through the, the sort of transition i think it's going to be a great game i'm, I'm very excited to see how the two teams match up in terms of Southampton's overall ambitions for this season, I mean, they're ninth in the league, 35 points. You would say they're not going to get dragged into the relegation scrap because, I mean, that would require something special. But they're only 10 points off Spurs in, in seventh. Um, I mean, so that's what, you know, three couple of wins in a draw would get you right in the mix. Obviously, you depend on other uh, teams losing and, and what have you. But what, what does Southampton want to achieve in these uh, final nine games? I mean, this said all along a top 10 finish, um, you know, top half is, is the aim. A good cup run, which obviously they're still in the quarterfinals of the FA Cup. They've got Man City at home coming up um, a week off, you know, week on Sunday. So they, yeah, they're on course at the moment to have a good season. Um, it, it could obviously all go wrong if, you know, a few defeats in a row. Um, but they, they've placed themselves, they've positioned themselves now in a good, good place to try and kick on for the rest of the season. I mean, they've got these two home games against Newcastle and Watford. And then they've got Leeds away. So they've got a run of you know two or three games where they're playing teams below them that if they can capitalise and get points in those games, they can sort of consolidate themselves in the top half, um, particularly these two before the FA Cup game, and then they can really have a go at that Man City game. Um, if I mean, if, if they could get to you know Wembley in a semi-final appearance, who knows from there? But I, I think probably it's a long shot for Europe in the via the league, to be honest. Um, they've still got to play Liverpool at home, Chelsea at home, Arsenal at home. You know, they've got a few games against teams that are going to be right up there challenging for top four or the title so I, I i think that's probably a bit ambitious but certainly top 10 if they can get results against these teams in and around them you know not and avoid too many like saturday then they've got a good chance i said nine games there it is it is 11 games there's my bad maths for everybody to poke fun at um just finally looking at newcastle what is the expectation you think from from Southampton and from the fan base? Are, are Saints fans looking at this and thinking this is a game we should be picking three points up? Um, I, I think if, if the game had been played at the time when it was supposed to be, yes. Um, I think now they're probably looking at Newcastle's form and thinking, no, this is going to be a tough game. You know, I think Saints know all about Allen's and Maximan. He's caused them problems in the past. You know, he scored a winner down at St Mary's before. He scored at St James's Park against them. I think they'll be very wary of the threat if he plays, um, whether it's from the start or the bench. Um, probably be wary of the fact that Chris Wood hasn't scored a goal yet for Newcastle because so many people seem to break a duck against Southampton. So, um, you know, they're probably probably aware of that fact. Um, but yeah, I, I think, in my own opinion, I can I can see it being a good game, but I think probably a draw. Um, if, if you're calling me for a prediction, I think it, it will be probably a draw in my, in my mind. I think Samson tough to beat at home. I think Newcastle just generally are a lot harder to beat now than they were a couple of months ago um, with the new signings, you know, Eddie Howe's having an effect up there. And yeah, I, I think it'll be a good game. I think it'll be both teams will score. I'll go 1-1. One, one. 
Yeah, you know, I, I mentioned yesterday on our preview podcast with John Gibson, I think Newcastle will win this 2-1. John said it, he was going to take a draw and he would take that now if you offered him. Um, yeah, and I think it would be, you know, if, if it was a draw, it would be a good point for Newcastle, another point towards safety. But like I said earlier, I'm just, I'm excited for this game. I think it's potential to be a really good game, which of course is always um, famous last words because it'll probably <laughs> now be a boring nil-nil draw. <laughs> Um, but you guys can head over to chroniclelive.co.uk to catch up with all the latest Newcastle United news, including what Eddie Howe had to say and Ralph Halsluton and plenty more. And we'll bring you live coverage of the game tomorrow night through our live blog. And please remember to like and subscribe to the podcast through your podcast provider. Robert, thank you for joining us. It's been a pleasure. And to you guys listening, enjoy the rest of your week. <laughs>